Okay, so super sport. Well, this was super racing. And I, <laughs> for one, am starting to believe in Sean Dillon Kelly. There's a couple of things that I see about this kid that I really, really like. One is this son of a gun can start like nobody's business. I mean, he gets a good start every single time. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive, really. I mean, he doesn't flub starts ever. I've just put the commentator curse on him, so now he probably will. But I think one of his strongest attributes is his start. What do you, what do you think? Well, I, hang on. Hang on. Sorry uh, not to cut you off. Let's go through the top 10. And I, I got excited because Sean Dillon Kelly got me fired up. Let's start with it. Winning race one was Sean Dillon Kelly. Second place was Richie Escalante. Third place with a great ride was Corey Ventura. Fourth place was Benjamin Smith. Fifth place was Kevin Olmedo. Sixth place was Rocco Landers. Seventh place was Samuel Lockoff. Eighth place was Alejandro Thermiotis. Ninth place was Gabriel De Silva. Tenth place was Carl Solstice. Okay, now, after all that praise I heaped on Sean Dillon Kelly, Bo, it's your turn. Okay, Sean Dillon Kelly. What I, I just see, said that. <laughs> what I see out of Sean Dillon Kelly, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, last year I felt like we saw Richie Escalante just come out and race after race kind of smack this this guy around it, you know Richie Escalante was seconds ahead uh, of of the second place finisher and really stretched Sean Dillon Kelly as far as he could and this year I feel like Sean Dillon Kelly has he's like the kid that got bullied last year and, and his parents are telling him no you go out and you stand up for yourself and now Sean Dillon Kelly he's aggressive he's been in the weight room he's taking yeah. some martial arts yeah. 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 yeah 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 he's he's <laughs> he's, he's back he's he's saying listen I'm not going to get pushed around this year I don't care what bike you're on. I've put that behind me. I'm going to focus on me and my race craft. I'm going to go out here. If you're going to throw a move at me, you'd better be ready in the next corner because there's a move coming right back. And I, I, I'm, I'm really on the fence about that because I love it, because it makes for really good racing. But at the same time, I see a little bit of that frantic Josh Heron aggression out of Sean Dillon Kelly. But the difference is that I see that Sean Dillon Kelly does is after he makes that aggressive move, he almost flips a switch right back after he gets the position he wants. And he goes into that robotic metronome style of just clicking off lap after lap after lap after lap and hitting point after point after point after point. And he doesn't get flustered about any move that Richie Escalante makes because as soon as Richie makes one, Sean Dillon Kelly makes another one right back at him. And, and then, it, like I said, and then it goes back, he goes back into autopilot and, you know, just does goes out and does what he needs to do. And to me, that's the difference in what I've seen out of Sean Dillon Kelly and what I see out of, out of folks like, like, uh, uh, Josh Heron. So yes, with that, I, I'm really impressed with where Sean Dillon Kelly is at right now. I begrudgingly say I want Sean Dillon Kelly out of Moto America. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't want him to be back here. I would I would love for Richie Escalante to stay um, here because I think he's a good rider and I think he's a good rabbit for everyone else to chase. Mm -hmm. But SDK needs to go. He's I think he's got this figured out. Moto America Superbike's not going to teach him anything. What's he going to learn? I don't think. He's got, I, he, 
because know, there's no factory rides. You well, know you made I mean? a good like comment. He, you know, he's what? He's 21, 22 years old now. So he's still got yeah. a few years. You, you know, he can step yeah. over. He, he needs to go to Europe yeah. and get out now. You know, you know you're know, you kind of yeah, at that right. age. Absolutely. You've got the experience. Get out and go. Go over there and ride need, with a camera. He needs to go up there and get know? his head beat in for a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, he absolutely. Needs to, he does. And I know nobody wants to hear that. I know nobody wants to have that done to them. But the truth is, you're not going to be a world champion anymore if you stay in Moto America and ride for five years. You're not going to. You have to go over there and start doing it now. And to your point, like I said before, he's got a couple years where he can just get beat up, learn tracks, learn the differences, figure out how these guys ride over there and how they go so fast and try to adapt his style to that. He's got to do it. Um, Big surprise of the weekend, though, Corey Ventura was fast. I mean, this guy guy cv28 racing's easy to figure out what that stands for yeah. but you know he's he's a privateer who's just a local guy but my goodness somebody has spent some time on laguna seca that's all i can tell you about that uh yeah i wow. mean he, he actually led a few laps in uh, or a couple laps in uh yeah. race two did he not and you know yeah, he, he did came out was super aggressive and and decided hey i'm gonna you know this is me i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna put my name you know, on this grid, I want to get some sponsorship money and I'm going to show people why they should be sponsoring me or right. why teams well, should be looking at him. And I think he did, he did exactly that this weekend. Right. And this is, this is the Stefano Mesa argument. This guy beat Samuel Lockoff, who's on the factory bike. Mm-hmm. He beat uh, a veteran in Benjamin Smith, Kevin Almeida, now, this Rocco is, Landers. This is only Ben I mean, Smith's second year in Supersport. Yeah, but he's a so veteran. He's, like, but he's he's had a it, year. Yeah, okay, okay. All he's right. had a year. He's not a rookie, um, and he's done more races this year than Corey Ventura has that's done true. at yeah, all. That's that's true. So you know he, and this is not a track Ben doesn't know, um, but you know a lot of the, Gabriel da Silva, you know, is there on yep. Alejandro Thermiotis. I love Nis- his name. I think Jarrett Nassani actually wrote in. You know, Nate Minster, C.J. LaRoche, those guys. I think were in. Uh, yeah. uh, were in Supersport last yeah. year. Yeah, and and so all these guys are there, but you know this guy comes in and it's just blazing fast. So you know what? Let's give somebody get let's crowdfund this guy a ride. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I, you know what? As a matter of fact, I got twenty dollars. What's up, Bo? You matching? <laughs> yeah, I'll throw in. <laughs> all right. See, Corey, we got you. Forty dollars. How far will you get on that? The how P- much gas can that buy? It the P- PT one race tells- fuel. PT one tail sticker. How about that little little tiny one? Ooh, yeah. No, we're big money. For big money here. We have literally <laughs> tens of dollars for sponsorship, Corey. Literally tens. So here's what we got. I, I, I see, again, which bothers me to no end, I see the top two guys riding phenomenally, and then you throw in this guy, Corey Ventura, and I'm like, mm-hmm. holy crap, there's another guy there challenging them. Great, right? That's great racing. We like that. And then after that, it's like, well, you know. Yeah. Now Corey Ventura finished at fourteen and a half seconds off the off of Sean Dillon Kelly. So I know. So it's now, just I'm the, talking about race two, pa- but yeah, yeah, okay, the pace. You know, he obviously couldn't live yeah. with that pace in race one quite a bit. You know, but but like you're saying though, you know, he still finished five seconds ahead of of Ben Smith. You know, mm-hmm. and ten seconds ahead of uh, Kevin Almeida. You know, and which Kevin Almeida is still working through battle backs. He's got one arm. And, Leave yeah. that man alone. And, and, Don't talk bad about Kevin and, Almeida. I'm not. I, I really like Kevin Almeida. I really do. I'm a big fan. No. I think he's doing a good job. Um, you know, great. And, Sucking up to the listen, that does not get us press passes. You got to be honest, Bo. Honest. <laughs> Bo just quit. 
Bo quit. Oh no. <laughs> Just kidding, Bo. Oh, everybody Bo. knows you. You, oh, you like everybody. Oh, I'm the. Listen, Kevin Olmedo is riding with one arm and he's doing a great job. I mean, to finish fifth, he's not close to the front, but he's definitely faster than the other 20 guys behind him. So, you know, I mean, he belongs there. He's doing a good job. He'll get a little better as the year goes on and that shoulder gets better. Yeah. Um, Samuel Lockoff, though, he, I, you know, Sam, did he, he didn't crash this race. It was race two. Yeah, it so was race two. He, 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 I don't know. He's kind of up and down every time yeah. I think he's coming forward. Yep. He goes backwards. I was going to say the exact same thing. He kind of ebbs and flows as these weekends go on. And I think that's just finding his feet at Supersport. You know, different tracks. Yeah, it could are, be. They're offering different things. But, uh, you know, all in all, we, we, he's got a really good yeah. teammate. You know, he's got the best teammate that, that he could have right now. So he, he, I think, you know, a lot of this is going to be drinking from a fire, like a, uh, from a fire hose for him and what he can mm. learn from uh, Sean Dillon mm. Kelly. So, and yeah. all the data he can get from him. So I think he's, you know, doing what he can bringing home the races. And I was really impressed with him in race two. You know, he did, he did crash. He got the bike back to the pit and they got the bike right back up. So he could turn around and go back outside. And, and you know, obviously our announcers were saying, well, he's going to go back out and get points. Well, he's three laps down. So how's he going to get points that way? But listen, I think that was all. About also the time. only way they communicate with Sam Lockoff is the pit board. Yeah. And then, so if you've never watched motorcycle racing before, the only information he's getting from his crew is on the pit board. That's all I'm trying to say. Everybody needs to know that. As a matter of fact, the only way I get information on this show is from my pit board that has my notes. And I and every time I spin around in my chair and when I go by, I look at it and I make sure I get it. It's it's just go ahead. You Sorry. are you are Got Greg as, White. I, as as Jason Pridmore would say, you are not on G Dub's Christmas list. <laughs> Listen. Well, you know what? If he puts it on my pit board, then I'm not on his Whoa. Christmas list, and then I'll worry about it. <laughs> but until then, you can't communicate with me. We don't have another way to communicate. I, I Again, though, I, I make fun of that, and I'm, I do it in jest because I realize that we're trying to build a following in Moto America, and many people have not watched racing. But for those of us that watch every race, it is... Exhausting. Absolutely exhausting to hear that over and over and over. And I think you and I, we just have to suck it up. You know, I think we have to accept that we're the outliers in the United States. Uh, if this was in Europe, they wouldn't do that because, like, if they're, you know, if you don't know, then you're stupid. We don't care. You don't know motorsport <laughs> rules. Get get out of here. Where, yeah. Move. That's the, that's the alienation of the community. You know, we're trying to that's build right. a community by right. including people that don't right. know what's going on and letting them know what's going yeah. on. But over there, it's like, well, if, no. you're not, yeah, if you're not in the club, you can't be in the club. So Right. We're inclusive here. We're trying to be inclusive. Over there, it's exclusive. There's already too many of us here. Get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's just that way. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's surprising to me this year, uh, Gabriel Da Silva. Now, you and I have had, uh, we, we are in close proximity with Gabriel Da Silva on occasion at track days around the South and everything. You know, he's he's doing really well in his privateer effort. You know, he um, I, I, he's always seems to be in that top 10. Am I wrong? No, I th you know, we always hear his name quite a bit. You know, he's always in, in battles with those guys that are a little bit at the bottom side of the top 10. But um, like you're saying, though, to be able to battle in the top 10, you know, with as tight as this class is, um, on a 
I, I say on a you know a privateer effort, but a lot of these guys are on privateer efforts. You know, we need Thermiotis Racing is Landers Racing, Altus Motorsports. You know, the Northeast Cycle Outlets, the CB28 Racing. These are all these aren't factory supported teams, really. You know, they're not they're they're out there doing are it you sure? the best they can. Are you sure? Give me a sure percentage. Like, how sure are you? Well, now it's going lower because you're calling me out. So. <laughs> This is my favorite. Well, the thing about Altus is they're running two bikes. So at least they're a legit, yeah. you know, thing. But And not that Jeremiah Walker, I don't have any problem with Jeremiah Walker, but he's on Team Posse. Um, Okay. You know, that, that that's not a factory team. You're right, Bo. Well, yeah, but, team Posse is not. But it was nice to see an MV Agusta on the, on the grid, right? It was nice to see another manufacturer. You know, we are almost as bad as the european r6 cup over here absolutely so you know we'll have to see what happens next year it may be the american cowie cup once you know Both. i don't know what's going to happen but <laughs> but we'll see um i think for me you know the biggest takeaway from that race was you know sean dylan kelly did his thing held off richie escalante went on to win it and uh let's move to race two yeah and you know, again, Sean Dylan Kelly wins it. Richie Escalante's in second. Corey Ventura again in third, much closer this time. Uh, Benjamin Smith was in fourth. Rocco Landers in fifth. Kevin Almeida sixth. Stefano Mesa was in seventh. Nolan Lampkin was in eighth. Dominic Doyle was in ninth. And Gabriel Da Silva finishes tenth, so another top ten for him. Listen, SDK, if you take a superbike seat in Moto America... I'm done being a fan of you. That's the way this is going. I'm done with it. I'm done. I don't like this thing where we have to try and win over here and we want to beat up on the smaller classes. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, as much as well as Cameron Bobier is doing in Moto 2, I wish he would have been there three years sooner. So that's the, I agree. And that's kind of the progression that is. I don't want to say forced upon us, but that's the mindset that we're put into is that, you know, we have this, the junior cup, these guys start on 300s and 400s. Then we say, well, they progress to the, either the twins cup or the super sport cup, you know, whatever they jump to after that. And then after that, well, then they need to graduate up to Superbike. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily always agree with that. You know, I think exactly what you're saying is, you know, we need to kind of buck that traditional mindset if we want to continue to build kids to go across and race on the European series. And this goes, this goes beyond just having the desire to have an American on a European grid. This goes towards really considering the riders themselves and developing their professional careers. Um, you know, we saw so, Cameron Bobier. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you said something about professional careers. There is no comparison between the com professional career of an American motorcycle, American motorcycle racer in Moto America versus an American motorcycle ra racer that's racing in Europe. There's no comparison. The money's better. The facilities, well, the every, there's no comparison. So, right. So you're absolutely right about what you're saying, but I, but that's, that's why, because it does not matter. I mean, Cam Bobier won five straight Superbike championships here. Mm -hmm. This cat can't qualify in the top 20 in Moto2. 
So how fast are these guys? No, and I know Cam's learning. I'm not trying to take anything away from Cam, but that's the level difference. No one was close to Cam here. Yeah, and, but, and that's what I was going just going to add about Cameron Peterson. Or no, excuse me, I'm sorry. Cameron Bovier is not to take anything away from him and what he accomplished mm-hmm. inside of Moto America no, because I it really was a that. feat, you know. But even right? even that in itself, we've seen Jake Gagne the very next season go through and smash how many of of Cameron Bovier's records already in yep. his lap yep. his lap records. So, you know, to your point, there's there's. There's a whole le- different level of speed that's across the pond, and I think that we're uh, that Moto America and the mindset that our development here at home takes sometimes, and the approach that it looks at, it really hurts these these riders as far as that professional development goes, um, because you know I want to see American riders just as fast as Europeans, because what's going to happen after that is Sean Dillon Kelly needs to go to Europe and race. And if Shondell and Kelly, yep. and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak worst possible scenario. If Shondell and Kelly goes and races a Moto2 championship and does poorly for three years, I would almost bet money that Shondell and Kelly is still going to come back to an American championship and would almost and be, be a dominant force inside of a Moto America championship. He would definitely be challenging for wins, so, 100%. So, so He's going to get better over there. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is, is even if they're not front runners, they are still progressing as riders and, and they're still learning those circuits and they're still learning how the European circuit runs the way that the business is run and what they can do with that is they can bring that back if if their riding career doesn't doesn't pan out and they can still take those business development ideas you know from the European circuits to apply to a Moto America and even down into club racing and help this infrastructure to be I built and funnel into America and uh, Moto America and funnel into different series that that help to build the sport and build it to up to what it is right uh, or what it should absolutely. be absolutely. We want that. We want that here. You know, you and I had this discussion the other day about how many premier facilities are in Europe, right? Like mm-hmm. world-class facilities for racing. We really only have one. You could include Laguna Seca on the low end of that, I think. But Laguna is not world-class when you compare it to Coda. It's right. not. It's just not. It, I, I'm sorry. I've been to both. It's not. But what I will say is that... Sh- if we send a lot of Americans over there, you're 100% right. They're going to learn from the Europeans. Even if they can't match them, they're going to learn. And then their approach to riding will be more like the Europeans when they come here, which will hopefully trickle down into our younger classes because a lot of these guys will be teaching in the YCRS school and the California Superbike school that's what we want because coming over here and winning 10 out of 12 races by five, six seconds that you you've achieved what you can achieve here. You're not learning anything now, right now it's easy. And so, you know, Sean Dillon Kelly is making it look pretty easy this year. You know, Richie just can't keep up. Now, Richie was injured again this weekend. Right. He can't stop injuring himself right now, but I'm not going to, he didn't use that as an excuse and I won't either because you were out there running some really good times. So the problem is that if SDK does not leave, then SDK will never, he's going to, he stall. might never leave. He, he, he he's going to stall. stall. He, his progression will stall. And I know for SDK, it's a little bit daunting to go and you're like, man, I know how fast Bobier was and this cat can't do it. You know, Joe Roberts is fast. He can't do it. 
Well, so, you know, so the good thing go for, do it, man. They're not you. And the good thing for SDK is SDK also ran that race in Valencia a couple years ago, and I think that that yep. was huge for him because I think his yep. his at that point in time his plan was at the I believe at that point his plan was in 2021 to be in the Moto Two series. Um, so I I would really 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 love to see SDK move to the Moto2 team, especially an American racing Moto2 team next year. Um, or the KTM know, the 20, team. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. I mean, it, Aki, Io. Aki, Io. Listen, I'm going to tag Aki, Io when I put this up, when you put this <laughs> You won't do it. Aki, oh. We got you. You don't got, know me. We've got your next talent acquisition, your next talent scout right here. Yeah. Aki, Io, we're talking about your next big thing. SDK, do it. And I, look, I one of the things that I noticed that was very apparent throughout the weekend is how different the style of Escalante and SDK are. Mm-hmm. SDK looks like a European rider to me. He does it like a European rider. And Escalante looks like a dirt tracker. He slides it all over the place. It's bucking and weaving behind, and he's, he's super fast. But I think... Escalante is, believe it or not, even though he's from Mexico, I think he's got the more of the American style than SDK because I feel like SDK is more of a Lorenzo kind of rider. That bike stays in line pretty good now. He used to get it all out of shape. But right now, if you watch him and you have those two riders side by side, mm-hmm. you'll see Richie Escalante oh, yeah. doing all sorts of machinations behind him. Yeah. But SDK is just smooth. It looks like, it, it just looks easy. He's not pressing himself. You know, he makes... He may make a small mistake here and there, but overall, I just think, man, he he's going to win this championship unless he completely chokes. There's no way he can't win. He shouldn't win this thing. No, I agree. I definitely think that it's it's up to Sean Dillon Kelly, and he's holding his own fate right now to to continue this kind yeah. of momentum all the way through the rest of the year. And uh, you know, to going back to your your point about his riding style, he's a very and this and not to say this not about Richie Escalante, but SDK rides very poised and intelligently sometimes you know like i said he will as soon as he gets a shot from richie escalante he'll throw a shot right back but he'll also protect the next corner you know i think uh, uh richie had made a couple moves uh into turn 10 at, at to pass as uh, to pass sdk but sdk immediately gave it right back to him on the exit and then the entry going into turn 11 um or whenever sdk would uh would uh overtake Richie again, SDK would then run that shallow line into turn 11, protect his exit, you know, get the bike stopped down into first gear and then get it fired back out. And to me, that bike is, it it surprises me how strong it is on corner exit, knowing that the Kawasaki is a 636. And I don't know if they've added any weight to the 636 to compensate. Okay. Um, So maybe that's part of it too. But I do know that, you know, I think uh, Jason Pridmore was talking a couple of times that the, you know, the Suzuki goes down to first gear there. And I think the Kawasaki might still be in second on that exit. Uh, But uh, the Suzuki seems like it uses first gear quite a bit more than the Kawasaki does. This is all the way across, not just, not just Laguna Seca, but also across, you know, all races. Uh, We saw it in road America after the chicane, they would go down into first gear on that exit as well and, and get the drive out of there. But, um, but this team is is around Sean Dillon Kelly right now is doing a very good job and and they're really giving him the package that he needs to be able to move to to stay in front of Richie Escalante. You know, there's a much bigger gap uh, to Richie in the second in race two 
than there was in race one. You know, there was a point right. oh nine nine gap in race one, and then race two we saw a four second gap back to him, um, and then a two second further gap back into uh, Corey Ventura. But um, SDK was just this was his weekend, and, and a lot of these weekends have really been up to him and and how he wants these weekends to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think we've beat that SDK drum really hard tonight, but I, I really think, you know, it's time for him to go. I think he's going to win the championship this year over Richie, and I think that's the way he should leave. You know, leave as a champion and then go and make yourself even better over in Europe. Right. Uh, in third place, Corey Ventura again, but this time much closer, as I mentioned before. Uh, you know, somebody give this man a ride. Let's go. Let's do it. I mean, he's beaten a lot of kids a lot of kids that have been there for a while, you know, I think Rocco Landers did a little better this weekend in six, you know, fifth. Benjamin Smith was fourth, but, you know, I think that's where Benjamin Smith is all the time. I just feel like he's always the the bridesmaid, never the bride. So, you know, he, he's had a couple of podiums this year, you know, uh, in uh, when uh, there were some crashes from mm-hmm. SDK and Richie and maybe somebody else. But really, I think, Unfortunately, right now, Benjamin Smith is a non-factor for the podium unless unless somebody falls. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I understand what yeah. you're saying. And, and But Rocco is, I feel it felt different for me with Rocco this time. I feel like he's coming on. And this is a guy that I have a lot of hope for. So hopefully that's the truth. Like he's coming forward and doing well. Um, and I just... Man, I've got a lot of lot of expectations for Rocco Landers because he was so fast in the Twins Cup. It was so easy. So hopefully we can see that next year or at the end of this year. You know, still got time. He's he's learning a new bike. He's mm-hmm. he's also growing. He's young. He's in his mid-teens. You know, he's what seventeen, and uh, you know, so your your body's changing. You're getting bigger and heavier, and at mm-hmm. the same time, you're on a bigger and heavier bike. That's that's different. So yeah, he's a one of those. He's another one of those riders that we really need to get, get him fast and get him out. You yep. know, uh, you know, That's he, right. he went over. He ran a couple races, I think, as a, in the Red Bull Rookie Cup last year. Um, didn't have great results, but um, it was still good for him to go there and cut his teeth. And yeah, um, unfortunately, we had COVID that were kind of that restricted some of the movements back and forth. I think he had missed a, you know one of the tests that he he missed the window to be able to test to get back over to Europe. Um, which was, you know, the circumstances at hand. and um, But I really wish that that opportunity would be opened uh, back up into a, a possibly a Moto2 class for him once he really finds his feet in this super sport class. You know, within this I, season or next season, right. you know, start exploring, the, try to, try to uh, you know, look at that opportunity again or possibly look at, you know, what Brandon Pash right. is doing in the Moto2 uh, British Championship and then possibly slide Oh, don't get me there. started on Brandon Posh. I, oh, oh my gosh. Don't get me started. I don't. I listen. I, hang on. Let me preface everything I'm about to say. Was that was his only ride? Okay. Okay. But I just don't know what Brandon Posh was thinking. Why did you go back over there I, to do what you're doing? Yeah. I, I that I just feel like it was a terrible choice. You know, I don't think he's competitive at this point. Um, but. We'll see. Long season, right? Right. And uh, here's basically my... I'm impatient. I want Americans to be at the top of everything right no. now. Now, Brandon, You're two not. years ago... Okay. 
You know what? You don't patronize me, Bo. Okay, listen. Two years ago, this guy was the BSB Moto3 champion. The problem now is that he's seven and a half feet tall. And he's trying to ride that little bike. He looks like a gorilla on the grid. He's enormous. So what we need is for him to get on the big bikes. Now, he may not have had that offer from Moto America, so right. I'm going to let that go. But at least at least he went to the Moto2, which I believe is a very similar class in BSB to Moto2 and Moto GP. I think they're still so, using CBR engines. Okay. So but but in terms of spec class. Right, right, I right, mean. right, right, yes. Right. So right, they're still on, they may be still on the CBR engine. I don't know. I don't have whatever channel that is that you have to have to get BSB. I wish I did because it's good racing from what I understand. Um but I at least he's in Europe cutting his teeth. He's already been a champion in Europe, so that says something about Brandon Posh. But when Brandon Posh came back over here, he had nothing for SDK and Richie Escalante. Like he was, he was always third. Right. So that means SDK, get your rear end over to Europe right now, and go ride. We Marcos Ramirez does not get that American racing seat next year. <laughs> write it down, and if he does, then PT One is not sponsoring them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> This is nationalism at its finest. We want American racers on the American racing team if they're available. If no one from America is any good, we don't want that either. But SDK is our next great hope. Let's do it. And then hopefully Cambobier comes on like a gangbusters next year and then moves over to MotoGP and then We'll bring over Rocco Landers. You see how I'm doing this? Yeah. I got it going. I'm basically the American Ikeio. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm glad you did because I was going to. Yeah. We. Yep. I mean, everybody says it. Everybody says my eye for talent is just unreal. It's unnatural, really. And I'd like to apologize to no one because it's just who I, I can't even say it. My goodness. <laughs> oh, Yeah. What were we talking about again? I don't know. We're t- <laughs> so in seventh, we had, uh, in sixth, we had Kevin Almeida. <laughs> we did. Another solid and then we had finish. our man Stefano, Stefano Mason. Now, why? Stefano didn't start the first race. And and I don't know why. I, I, I did not find out why. He I blew looked hard to find it. He blew an engine. He blew his engine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He, he lost a power plant. Oh, I've and, been there. And the reason he the the reason that me too. Um, you know that very well. Um. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How much oil goes in a CBR six hundred motor? By the way, just enough. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were going to tell me seven and a half quarts. <laughs> it's not what I put in it. <laughs> Oh no! But so uh, so I think somebody else in the grid had another engine for him. Um, I'm not sure who who it came from, but you know his team got that engine swapped. They got a new a new power plant in the bike, and and he rode on Sunday, which was great for him, you know. But uh, you know, 
maybe there was no, something I, going he, on with that engine. He wasn't used to it. Oh, who knows? You so, know, we're not sure really. W- right. Well, now what you're telling me is that this was not a money-making weekend for Stefano Mesa. Unf- yeah, and, and and you know the effort that I think that he probably had to go to go through both logistically and financially to get out to Laguna Seca to even be able to run these laps, especially after missing the round at the ridge. Um, I, I, I hate this for that team. I, I do hate, too. I, I hate I, this I, for Stefano Mesa because just how awesome of a, ra- a rider and person and yeah. team that this is. Uh, th- this Honestly, why is racing so cruel sometimes? Really? I mean, really? It, it is cruel, is it not? Yeah, it, it definitely it, is. It, I, it, it oh, can, my goodness. It brings you the highest highs and the lowest lows. I mean, nothing will make you throw a wrench faster than motorcycle racing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. But good on Stefano for getting out there and putting it on the grid uh, and finishing in the top 10. Uh, we had Nolan Lampkin on the Yamaha behind him. Dominic Doyle with the Kawasaki behind, in ninth. And then our man Gabriel Da Silva riding the Yamaha. Is Gabriel Da Silva's Yamaha like a, nine, a 2012 or something? It looks old to me. I mean, I don't know what year it is, but it looks old. And maybe it's a 2017 or plus. I don't know. It just looks old. You don't have any comments about that? I don't. I'd have to go back and look at it and find it and, and get a good image of it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the Silva. I thought it was the Silva's bike I was watching. I was like, golly, that looks like an old R6. And evidently, you can race them very old in uh, Moto America. Well, yeah. I mean, to your point, they're out so, there. You know, we've seen them before, you know. and mm-hmm. So they're, they're out there and they're still competitive. Uh, right. I mean... I don't know of another model motorcycle that didn't change for nine years. Really? Yeah. Name me one. I can't. I, I the 08 to 16 R6 is the only one I know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very minor very minor changes. I think when 06 07 they had you know was slightly different than they redesigned the, the airbox in 08 and some engine engine changes. But mm-hmm. other than that, no. Like you're saying, the 08 to 16 was relatively the same bike because they had they made a bike that was dominant yeah well let's close it i mean let's let's mention real quickly the stock 1000 race i mean that was a phenomenal race and you know travis wyman tipping Corey alexander right there at the end um all the way through though what a great race uh top 10 finishers travis wyman Corey alexander jake lewis third Andrew Lee, for the first time, looked competitive, so he was in fourth. Fifth was Bryce Prince. Sixth was Michael Gilbert. Seventh, Andy Debrinos. Eighth was Ashton Yates. Nine was Maximiliano Gerardo. And tenth was Wyatt Ferris. I don't know why I just said Maximiliano's name like that, but I just have to because it's fun to say. Um, But it was a great race. And, you know, we saw these guys run in the super bike class as well. Mm -hmm. But this, to me... It's it's basically all privateer. I mean, there's the Honos HVMC racing is a little bit more than that. Altus is a little bit more than that. Um, but this is where our privateer guys should be in these classes. Do you remember when they used to have the Super Stock 600 for AMA? I mean, this is what it would be, but we don't have enough factory support. We need more factory stuff so that we can have all factory bikes or close to all factory bikes on the grid for Superbike because these guys just don't have the power to compete. 
I mean, it's evident. I mean, they are so far behind the leaders. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're talking about between the uh, between the stock 1000 and superbike cups, or excuse Correct. me, superbike races. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the the power's just not there, and and it's almost another championship inside of a championship that they're trying to promote with, uh, you know, incentivizing these guys running multiple races a weekend, right. and and you know that's a lot of wear and tear on these privateer teams. So, you know, at, at some point, I think that this it, it, it you really have to weigh out the benefits these teams do find both financially and also physically for them. Um, because that's double, double the laps that these guys are going to have to go through each for races. Um, it's the wear and tear that comes down on these machines. And these are already teams that are stretching their dollar as far as they can go to be able to come racing. And, and I think that, you know, like you're saying, there's got to be more sponsorship money that comes down. There's got to be more support for for whatever class these yeah. races in. You know, whether that's you know raising the contingencies for the 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 stock 1000 class, um, but but once again, I think that is where <clears throat> possibly where the the Superbike Cup is going to come in. Um, is to aims to help that, but um, at what cost does it does it come you know is the juice worth yeah. the squeeze at the end this, of the day right this this sport is not cheap you and i know that well oh, right yeah we know it um but i i love the stock 1000 class but i think that's where we should have the majority of our privateers and i don't and i but i know why they're on the superbike grid and i'm with you there but it, you're right it's like a championship within a championship it's confusing to people that don't know that's why we haven't said boards. all that. Well, and if you've never watched motorcycle racing, the only communication between the crew and the rider is through their pit board. Now, Bo, do you know where they show their pit boards? Do you know where they show them that? Do, they're, they're on the pit wall. Start finish, right? Start that's correct. Straight. That's yeah. correct, Bo. You can only do it once. You can't have a pit guy, a crew member in every corner with a pit board. You can only do it on the start finish straight. So the only one time a lap do they get to communicate. I mean, some, this is some of those laps are long too. That's right. I mean, you're talking minutes, minutes before you get to talk to your crew again, and then they have to communicate with secret codes because you can't tell them you don't know what they're saying. So you've got to really be on point with your board game. So I'm sure they spend a lot of time, you know, with what does plus three mean and what place you're in, P one. If you don't know you're in P1, do then I don't want to talk about it. Like I know where I am on track. I, I, I oh I didn't know I was in first. How does that get by a rider? Like why do we even waste a line on P1? Greg, tell us why. Well, Jason, it's because it's the only communication they have with their rider, and they want to get it. So I'm going to sidebar yeah. real quick. Have you ever paid oh, attention? Really? Yeah, the, sidebar gonna, I, again. I, I'm going to sidebar into GP real quick. So you know there are these minimal pit boards that we see. You know, like you're saying, you know, see P1, L3, you know, Marquez behind whoever. And yeah. And have you you notice in GP when they come up with the uh, with the little messages that the 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 riders get? You know, like being followed by 42. Well, yeah. have you ever yeah. noticed that's how on their but that's on their dash? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever noticed how much information they send to um, uh, Francesco Bagnaia? Yes. They send him a book. 
that would take I me. I feel half. like Francesco Bagnaia is out there watching Netflix. <laughs> right? That's what I think. I, he's, saying, he's like, he, I, I believe he went through the entire season of Money Heist, like, you know, already, like on track. Like, I feel like he did. And, and I, I really don't know why they send him so much. But here's my next question. Is it so god-awful expensive to put that type of communication onto a superbike? So I mean, is Bluetooth so expensive still that we can't do that? Right, but some of the so I don't I'm not sure what technological uh, disadvantages or or uh, what should I say pitfalls or, or limitations is what I'm looking for limitations that the electronics packages have for Superbike, but I think the you know they're fairly standardized. I want to say like Magneti Morelli um, is the man. Yeah. like they have. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of the spec electronics package that these bikes have to run um which you know that's an eight to ten thousand dollar minimum uh you know expenditure that's cheap to be. that's cheap because in world superbike it's a four hundred thousand dollar electronics package okay then so maybe they can't may, maybe magnetic morelli can't get that can't squeeze those little text messages you're telling the me then. you know what i'm gonna tell all these cats to put their iphone out there <laughs> And we're just gonna WhatsApp them. Quad lock. <laughs> Everyone put a quad lock on your on your uh, top triple clamp, yep. and then we'll send you text. Quad lock it, and then we're gonna WhatsApp you. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We we'll, it, it, we can do this. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like what? Why would we limit communication like that? You know, you limit what they can say. You obviously, like you said, I mean, they send Bagnaya all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. and he's out there watching movies, but. I don't think there's any competitive advantage really to go 42 behind, right? Right, I mean, right, right, right. You, you, who cares? Uh, rider behind plus three. What's the difference between that and a, a pit board? Because all that's going to do is distract them and make them look down. So maybe your guy, maybe I'd want it because I'd be like, listen, we're never going to send you anything, but everybody else is going to use this and they're going to crash. So you're going to win. So just hold it together buddy you know that would be my that's my that's my strategy but i don't know i i like i like that communication but also i do enjoy hearing about the pit board every 15 seconds every race i mean it's let's count how many times we've heard it thousand one thousand two four thousand three it's a lot it's either that or talking about how awesome these Dunlop tires are when they bite into the pavement. And oh my gosh, how much money is Dunlop feeding this man? Those Dunlop tires are doing so well. I was like, okay, calm down there. Don't try to sell me on Dunflops. Okay, I'm not buying Dunlop. I like Pirelli. Leave me alone, Greg White, man. I mean, I know he loves racing, and I know he's doing the best job he can do. Because, honestly, at least he's interested in racing. I mean, if they brought Jim Nance out there with, hello, friends, <laughs> Jake Gagney, and, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and who's the dude that always used to say, Jorge Lorenzo? when he would call the GP races on the American television? I was like, somebody get this man before I choke him. Really, like I, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna go. Jorge Lorenzo. Uh, oh, it was terrible. 
Yeah, I'm not trying to threaten guys, but I'm just saying it drove me crazy. No, I I get it. And I think that's part of the effort, you know, obviously that Moto America is still going through. They're still trying to figure out how to promote and educate and build all in one. Yeah. Yep. All in one shoot match, and sometimes that—that's—I mean—that's a difficult sure. task. And but you know, they're, they're leaps and bounds ahead of uh, you know where they were what three years ago. Um, you know, that's basically all I've got for Moto America this past weekend in Laguna Seca. Bo, how about you? Yeah, that's it, Jason. I think we're uh, we're getting short on time, and uh, yeah, I definitely had a lot of fun talking about all this racing and talking Absolutely. about all the, everything that we see with Moto America. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I want to say that, you know, we are on social media at Parked in Turn One on Facebook and Instagram. But also, if you're listening to us, please give us a review. Uh, Unless it's negative, then keep that to yourself. Um, But please give us a review. That helps get us out there a little bit and for more people to listen. Uh, We're just doing this for fun, but we want to share it with as many people as possible. Um, And so, please, if you're there, you're listening, you're enjoying yourself, listening to myself and Bo then please give us a give us a like smash that like button and uh, listen to what we and rate us good and then maybe we'll get more people in there we can get more content and uh, that'll be fun for us and for you hopefully but anyway uh, as always we want you guys out there in podcast land please keep that shiny side up that rubber side down and I'm Captain Novice aka Jason uh, saying good night with my partner Bo all right guys have a good one